Act two of Berenice by Jean Racine. Translated by Robert Bruce Boswell. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act two, scene one. Titus, Paulinus, attendance. Has come again's monarch been informed that I desire to see him? To the queen I went and found the prince had been with her but he was gone or ever i arrived i have left word to let him know your wishes tis well and what does she queen berenice the queen this moment grateful for your goodness loads heaven with prayers for your prosperity she is gone forth my lord too kind a princess alas why breathe for her that sigh of sorrow when well nigh all the east will bow before her needs she your pity let us talk in private scene two titus paulinus rome still uncertain of my purpose waits to learn the future fortune of the queen the secrets of her heart and mine paulinus are now become the theme of every tongue tis time that i should make my meaning plain what says the public voice of her and me? Tell me, what hear you? By all lips, my liege, I hear your virtues and her beauty praised. What say they of the sighs I breathe for her? What end expect they of a love so faithful? Not bulks your power. Love on or quench this passion. The court will be subservient to your wishes. Ah, yes. I know the court is insincere, too ready always to contend its masters, approving e'en Nero's horrid crimes. I've seen them on their knees adore his madness. I will not take for judge a servile court, I'll play my part upon a nobler stage, and, without giving ear to flattery's voice, I wish to hear the heart of Rome through you, as you have promised fear and reverence close me the door to murmurs and complaint for better eyes and ears my dear paulinus to you i make appeal and borrow yours tis this return i ask for private friendship that what my people feel you should express that through the mists of flattery the truth should reach me thanks to your sincerity speak then for what must bernice look will rome to her show harshness or indulgence am i to think that she would be offended were queen so fair to grace the imperial throne doubt not my lord be it reason or caprice rome will be loath to have her for an empress they know her charms and own that hand so fair may seem to you worthy to wield your sceptre no roman dame say they has heart more noble she has a thousand virtues but my lord she is a queen rome by a changeless law admits no foreign blood with hers to mingle nor will she recognize the lawless issue of unions which our custom have forbidden rome too you know when banishing her kings condemned that name so sacred hitherto to the black stigma of eternal hatred and though she stoops submissive to her caesars that hatred the last relic of her pride survives in hearts whence freedom has departed 
Julius, whose marital glory first subdued her, and drowned the voice of law mid din of arms, smitten with Cleopatra's beauty, feared to wed her, and in Egypt left her lonely to mourn his absence. Antony, whose love made her his idol, in her lap forgot country and fame, yet dared not call her wife. Rome tracked the traitor to his charmer's knees, nor let her vengeful fury be disarmed, till she had overwhelmed the amorous pair. Since then, my lord, Caligula and Nero, monsters whose very name I blush to mention, whose outward aspect only showed them human, who trampled under foot all other laws, feared this one only, and refrained from lighting before our eyes a hymeneal torch hateful to Rome. You bade me speak with frankness. We've seen the brother of the freedman Pallas Felix, whose back still bears the brand of Claudius, become the husband of two foreign queens, and, if I needs must tell unvarnished truth, both queens were of the blood of Berenice. Think you that Rome without offence could see, partner of Caesar's bed, this eastern princess, whose countrymen beheld one of our slaves leave chains and fetters for their queen's caresses? Thus public feeling views your present passion. Nor am I sure that ere this sun is set, the Senate will not in the name of Rome repeat to you what I have dared to say. And the whole city, falling at your feet, add their entreaties for a choice more worthy of you and them. Weigh well what you will answer. Ah, what a love they wish me to renounce. That love is ardent, I must e'en confess it. Stronger a thousand times than you can think. It has become to me a needful pleasure to see her every day and win her favour. Yet more, no secrets have I with Paulinus. How oft has heaven received my warmest thanks for her that she embraced my father's side in Edom and beneath his banners ranged the armies of the East and all mankind, rousing entrusted to his peaceful sway. Rome drunk with blood i wished my father's throne e'en i paulinus who to save his life would willingly have died had fate consented to lengthen out the thread of his existence and all in hopes how ill a lover knows what he desires to share that throne with her her love and loyalty to recognize and lay my heart with all the world before her, in spite of all my love and all her beauty, after so many oaths, so many tears, now when I have the power to crown such charms, now when my heart adores her more than ever, and can, united to her own in marriage, pay one day the vows of five long years. I am about... Ye gods, how shall I say it? What, sire? To part from her for evermore. This moment only seals my heart's surrender. If I desired to hear your frank avowal, t'was only that your zeal might aid in secret the extinction of a love with anguish silenced. Long has fair Berenice held the balance, suspended, and if glory outweighs passion, believe me, it has been a desperate conflict, from which my heart will bleed for many a day. Calm was life's ocean when love's bark I launched. The sceptre of the world by other hands was swayed, consulting no one but myself, 
free felt I to indulge each amorous sigh. But scarce had heaven recalled my father's spirit, and I, with sad farewell, had closed his eyes. When I awoke from that fool's paradise, I felt the burden that was laid upon me. I knew that soon, instead of soft indulgence, I should be called on to renounce myself, and that heaven's choice, thwarting the course of love, would make the world henceforth engross my care. Today Rome watches my new line of conduct. What shame for me, for her what evil omen, if at my first step all her claims I spurned, and based my happiness upon the ruin of ancient laws. Bent on this sacrifice, I wish to break the blow to Berenice. But where can I begin? These last eight days, how oft have I been minded to disclose my purpose, and each time my tongue refused to speak a single word, as if twere frozen within my mouth. I hoped the pain I felt might give her warning of our common woe, but touched by my alarm, all unsuspecting, she sought to dry the tears whose source she knew not, and naught foreboded less than that a love, so well deserved, was drawing to an end. At length, this morning, I have steeled my heart to tell the truth. Paulinus, I must see her, I wait to ask Anticus to take this precious charge, no longer mine to guard, back to the eastern clime from which she came. Tomorrow Rome shall see the queen depart with him. Soon she shall learn her fate from me, when, for the last time, we converse together. I thought no less from that heroic soul which victory has followed everywhere, captive judea and her smoking ramparts eternal monuments of noble courage assured me well enough you would not mar that fame that you have won by feats of arms and that the victor of so many nations sooner or later would subdue his passions under what specious names does glory mask her cruel will how would her charms seem fairer were it but death she called on me to face till now "'Twas Berenice who inspired the ardour that I felt for her attractions. "'You know that once renown no lustre shed around my name, "'brought up at Nero's court, my youth by ill example led astray, "'too prone to heed the voice of self-indulgence, "'scorned nobler aims, Paulinus. "'Berenice enthralled my heart.' What cannot love achieve, to please the loved one, and to win though vanquished? I spent my blood, all to my sword gave way. Triumphant I returned, but tears and blood sufficed not to deserve my lady's favour. A thousand wretches blessed the aid I brought them. On every side they saw my bounty spread, and I was happy more than you can guess when in her eyes i read warm approbation of countless hearts won by my benefits i owe her all and what reward is hers that debt about to be flung back upon her 
as recompense for virtues so unrivalled, my tongue will say, Depart, see me no more. What, sire, is all that newborn grandeur nothing which to Euphrates will extend her power? Honours so great as to surprise the Senate, a hundred tribes added to her dominion, are novel tokens of ingratitude. Weak trifles to engage so great a sorrow? I know too well how Berenice's heart craves nothing but mine own. I loved her fondly, and she was beloved as well. Since that glad day, should I not rather call it most disastrous, loving me only for myself in Rome, a stranger, unfamiliar with my court, she lives without a wish but for the hour when she may see my face, meanwhile content to wait. And if at times my footstep lingers, and I appear not at the expected moment, I find her, when I come, all bathed in tears, which long refuse my efforts to dispel them, all the most binding ties of love, reproaches that sweetly merge in transports of delight dashed with fresh fears charms unconstrained by art beauty and virtue all i find in her for five whole years have i beheld her daily and every day her face wears new attractions no more i think of it let's go paulinus my resolution wavers while we linger Great heavens, that I should greet her with such tidings. Once more, let's go. I must not hesitate. I know my duty. Tis for me to follow, without concern whether I live or die. Scene 3. Titus, Paulinus, Rutilus. The Queen, Your Majesty, would speak with you. Ah, Paulinus. Drawing back already, remember, sire, your noble resolution. Now is the time. We'll see her. Let her come. Scene 4. Titus, Berenice, Paulinus, Phoenici. Be not offended if my zeal outruns discretion and disturbs your privacy, while your court, gathering around, repeat the favors showered so freely on my head, sir is it right that i at such a moment should stay alone and gratitude be silent i know your friend sincere nor need i shun his presence well acquainted as he is with our heart's secret you have done with mourning naught hinders you and yet you seek me not i hear you offer me another sceptre but from yourself i hear no word of it let us have more repose and less display is your love dumb except before the senate ah titus for my heart disowns those titles of majesty which fear and reverence prompt why should your love be burdened with such cares are crowns the only prize that it can offer how long have you supposed i covet grandeur a sigh, a look, a word that falls from you, are all the ambition of a heart like mine. See me more often, and come empty-handed. Is all your time devoted to your empire? 
eight days have passed, and have you not to tell me? One word would reassure this timid heart. But was your speech of me when I surprised you? Were my concerns the subject of discourse? Was I, at least, sir, present to your thought? Of that you may be sure, for heaven is witness that Berenice is before me always, nor time nor absence, once again I swear it, can banish you from my adoring soul. Why, what is this? You swear eternal ardour, but even while you swear are cold as ice. Why make appeal to heaven's omnipotence? What need have I of oaths to strengthen trust? I have no wish to think you false, my lord, and will believe the witness of a sigh. Madam. I listen, but without reply you turn away your eyes and seem perplexed. Why is your countenance so full of woe? Will you forever mourn your father's death? Can nothing charm away this gnawing sorrow? Ah, would to heaven my father yet were living! How happy should I be! Sir, this regret does honour to your filial piety, but to his memory your tears have paid due tribute. Other cares you owe to Rome. I dare not say how much your glory moves my own concern. Once I could soothe your troubles, and Berenice's voice you heard with pleasure. For your sake vexed with manifold misfortunes, a word from you has made me check my tears. You mourn a father. Tis a common sorrow, while I, the bare remembrance makes me shudder, so nearly torn from him whom more than life I loved, the anguish of whose heart you know when parted from my Titus for a moment, I, who would die if banished from your sight, never to see you more. Alas, what say you? Why choose this time? Pray cease for pity's sake. Your kindness crushes an ungrateful wretch. Ungrateful? Can it be that you are that? Are you so weary of my tenderness? No, never, since I must the truth confess. My heart burns now with fiercer flames than ever, but... Speak. Alas! Go on. Rome and the Empire. Well, sir? Let's go, Paulinus. I am dumb. Scene 5 Berenice Finisi So soon to leave me, and without a word? A doleful meeting truly, dear Phoenus. What have I done? What means he by the silence? Like you, I'm puzzled to account for it. Does nothing to your memory occur which may have raised a prejudice against you? Consider well. Alas, you may believe me, the more I wish to bring to mind the past from the first day I saw him till this hour, the only fault I find is too much fondness. You heard us. Tell me frankly, my Phoenus, did I say anything that could displease him? I know not if, perchance with too much heat I scorned his gifts, or blamed the grief that vexed him. 
Is it his people's hatred that he dreads? He fears, it may be, to espouse a queen. Alas, if that were true, it cannot be. A hundred times at least he has assured me he slights their cruel laws. Why does he not explain so harsh a silence? The suspense will kill me. How could I endure to live, neglected, feeling I had him offended? Let us go after him. But through my brain flashes a thought that may the source reveal of this disorder. Has he learned where loves Antiochus? Can that have moved his anger? I heard the king was summoned to his presence. Why further seek for cause of my distress? Doubtless this trouble that has so alarmed me is but a light suspicion, which with ease may be disarmed. This feeble victory brings me no pride, my Titus. Would to heaven a rival worthier of your jealous fears might try my faith and offer empire wider than Rome can boast to pay me for my love while you had naught to give me but yourself. Then would you see, victorious and beloved, how much I prize your heart, my dearest Titus. Come, let us go. One word will clear his doubts. Let me take courage. I can please him still. Too soon have I counted myself unhappy. Titus must love me, if his heart is jealous. End of Act 2